everybody, and welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the final day, weather permitting, of the baseball season. It will require a Game 7 tonight. We already have made history as the Astros and the Nationals with Washington winning in Houston in Game 6 last night. It is the first time, not only in World Series history, but in Major League Baseball's entire postseason history, where the first six games of any seven-game series went to the visiting team. Clearly, the Washington Nationals seeking their first ever World Series title under that name. Hope that trend's con trend continues tonight in Houston. It will be another great pitching matchup after Steven Strasburg beat Justin Verlander last night. The World Series misery of the future Hall of Famer Verlander continued. Strasburg beat him in Game 2 and beat him in Game 6. It will be a whopper of a finale after it was a crazy Game 6. Trey Turner in the middle of a controversy, an ejected manager, crazy pitching changes, huge home runs. It was, I thought, baseball at its best as we get one more little Max Scherzer back from his neck issue against Zach Greinke of the Astros. Another good starting pitching matchup. More on that later. We have a whole lot to get into in the football world. The NFL's trade deadline was mostly a dud yesterday. Only a handful of big names on the move and most of them before yesterday's deadline. The Panthers, meanwhile, host the 4-4 four four Titans on Sunday in Charlotte. They are desperately seeking a 5-3 record at their midpoint of the regular season. They need that to be in the picture for the NFC wildcard hunt, obviously well behind the NFC's, NFC South's leading team, the New Orleans Saints. The Panthers get them twice in the second half of the regular season. They hope to finish the first half in style at home against the Titans. College football is on our mind, near and afar. Wolfpack against the Deacons head-to-head. -head. Tar Heels against the Cavaliers head-to-head. -head. Florida against Georgia in Jacksonville. A battle of top 10 teams with nice-looking one-loss resumes. Greg McElroy of ESPN will be our college football guest today, and we're happy to welcome one of the best in the baseball business from ESPN and ESPN.com. Tim Kirkjian is going to be with us. Both of those guys drop by in hour number two. I have some questions that allow for your statewide participation as we welcome your calls from almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns and plenty more listening around the world. I need your help on something I saw in the NHL last night. I need your help with something I saw in this morning's headlines, another branch of the football tree, if you will. The Arena Football League, born in 1987, has died again. It has died before only to be resuscitated. It is near death at the very least. It has pulled the plug on its operations. That became official earlier today. Born in 1987, perhaps dead here in 2019. They were down to six teams this year after a high of 19 and even a sub-farm league called AF2 for a while. The Arena Football League has died because, among others, Gene Simmons of KISS Vince Neal of Motley Crue and that John Bon Jovi guy all were among the team owners in the Arena Football League. What song would you play as background music 
for the demise of the AFL. I have my own thoughts, perhaps involving Kiss or Motley Crue or Bon Jovi. You can share yours at 1-800-849-2761. As we dive into college football, the NFL, the World Series, the NHL, I need your help with a hockey question. As I say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught, and it will be intern Will, representing William Peace University, taking your calls today. I was excited just because the Canes came back to beat the Calgary Flames last night. The win is the most important thing. Rod Brindamore and the boys would be the first to tell you that. They were down one nothing. They had been playing grinded out, high effort, high energy hockey the whole night against former Canes coach Bill Peters, former Canes up-and-comer Elias Lindholm. They're now on the enemy. Noah Hannafin, former Kane, on defense as well. It looked like one of those nights where you'd go into the locker room and Rod Brindamore would say, hey, man, good effort, guys. Honor the process. You did everything I wanted you to do. And the bounce of the puck and lady luck and a quality opponent just didn't allow it to turn into a win tonight. Well, the win was the most important thing. But did you see what Andre Svechnikov did from behind the net? I've been watching hockey since the early 1970s. I know it has been done or variations of it have been done in college hockey and even to a degree, sort of, kind of, but not exactly the NHL itself. But the young Russian sniper, one of the most promising up-and-coming talents in the history of the Carolina Hurricanes organization, which in our backyard dates to the 1990s, he's behind the net and he essentially scoops the puck with his stick. Quick reminder, hockey sticks are mostly flat. There's no net in which to grab the lacrosse ball. It's mostly flat, a little curve, yes, but when you practice it enough, you can actually, while behind the net, like the goalie is facing away from you or looking over his shoulder at you. It is hard to score from there, and yet Andrei Svechnikov somehow, someway, put that puck on his stick as if it were there by magnetic field, and then scooped it in over the goalie's shoulder in the upper corner for a lacrosse-style goal. Now, you'd hate to have hockey give away to another sport that kind of label. So what I need today, Darren, is a name. What name should we give the sensational goal scored by the Canes' young star, Andrei Svechnikov, last night? We live in a world where when Tim Tebow scores a touchdown, and then does that kneeling thing with his elbow on his knee in prayer. He says it's not pure celebration. It's more contemplation. His thanks to his God, etc. That That becomes known as Tebowing, right? We didn't grab that out of thin air. It's Tim Tebow. He did it. Now it's Tebowing. You may enjoy the former wide receiver Randy Moss. A long, lean dude with big strides, right? They have a TV segment now when a D-back loses out to a wideout who just goes up and gets it the way Randy Moss used to do with regularity. You have been mossed as the D-back. Am I right on that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So T-bowing came from Tim Tebow. Being mossed, clearly a derivative, if you will, of the former star wideout Randy Moss. You may not often see figure skating, Darren. Maybe every four years you tune in and the up-and-coming broadcaster and you, I've heard you call like 10 different sports. I don't know if figure skating is in your past or future, <laughs> but at, at some point you've heard the phrase sal cow. Yeah. There's a sal cow, there's a double sal cow, there's a triple sal cow. <laughs> yeah. Now, I could not, not 
explain what that is unless I looked it up. Google and Wikipedia could help with that. I can tell you, though, do you know where the word Sal Cal came from? Because, of course, in a T-bowing and being mossed world, the Sal Cal jump, it's an edge jump in figure skating, it was named after its inventor. I kid you not, Ulrich Sal Cal is the guy who made the Sal Cal jump in figure skating famous. And that was more than a century ago. If they can Sal Cal back in the early 1900s and we can be mossed and watch T-Bowing here in 2019, we can do something with Andre Svechnikov's goal last night. You can chime in on that one at 1-800-849-2761. Anthony Davis of the Lakers is in all the right headlines. How about 40 points, 20 rebounds while playing only three quarters last night? LeBron James and the Lakers, remember, missed the playoffs entirely last year. He clearly has a lot more help, AD and otherwise, this year. We will salute the Canes and Andre Svechnikov with that question of the day. If you have an Arena Football League demise song, we may be even be able to dig it out or use it as bump music today. Again, Bon Jovi, Kiss, and Motley Crue were among the owners of those teams. So with that perhaps swirling down the drain as a 32-year-old league. We will honor it that way appropriately with the right song selections. College basketball is in the headlines today, as is North Carolina Senator Richard Burr, who chose to chime in yesterday on the evolving NCAA amateurism model. You may not have seen it unless you follow me on Twitter, at David Glenn Show. He actually wrote this. If college athletes are going to make money off their likenesses while in school, their scholarships should be treated like income. I, this is Richard Burr, tweeting at Senator Burr, I'll be introducing legislation that subjects scholarships given to athletes who choose to cash in to income taxes. Under the current tax law, of course, I was on a full academic scholarship to college. I was not taxed on the value of that scholarship. Why? Because the tax code says that even though there's a great value to that full academic scholarship, the tax code says it's not taxable. That's why. Well, athletic scholarships also, for all of eternity, or as long as they've been around, not taxable. Richard Burr apparently is so upset at the idea of college athletes Remember that this is not pay for play. This is not a proposal that the NCAA approved yesterday where the universities are paying athletes, basketball, football, or otherwise. This is simply opening a side door to the free market where if they can get the right deal as a spokesperson or to appear in a video game or to do an autograph signing or some other sort of appearance, they now can take that money, or not now technically, but when it's instituted, probably 2021, they will no longer be jeopardizing their eligibility by doing so. Richard Burr is so mad at the idea of these youngsters, maybe, and only a small percentage, remember, are expected to even get any money from that third-party free market. So mad, he wants to tax scholarships in ways they've never been taxed before. I think you all know me well enough to know this. I don't give a rat's behind where an idea comes from. You can respect an office or a politician or a CEO or wherever. If it's a good idea, I celebrate it no matter where it comes from. If it is a bad idea, I don't care if it comes from you tweeting from grandma's basement 
or the president of the United States or a senator from the state of North Carolina. I will unapologetically and unequivocally call out horrendously bad, indefensible ideas on this show. If you venture into the sports world and you have an asinine concept, you will be called out for it. And for the record, Darren Vaught, I don't want any minions from Richard Burr's senatorial office calling today. I don't want a spokesperson. I don't want a flunky. If Richard Burr wants to go mano a mano on this with a guy with a legal background and 33 years of covering the NCAA model, if he wants to really assert that this is a fair-minded good idea, I am here standing in the middle of the congressional ring ready to drop the gloves and go at it haymaker style. But only if the senator himself calls. No flunkies, no minions, no spokesperson. I hear from them enough once the show is over. 1-800-849-2761. If you think this is the right reaction, wait a minute, young uncompensated people getting access to the free market, you know, the way the NCAA has had access to that free market for decades while turning itself into a multi-billion dollar with a B industry, you know, the way coaches have had access to that free market for decades and have resulted in seven-figure salaries and compensation packages as a result. How dare we give the youngsters access to that free market? It is a horrifically bad, indefensible idea, and I will lay out why I see it that way. You can chime in from your perspective at 1-800-849-2761. Songs on the demise of the Arena League. A name for what Andrei Svechnikov did with that sensational behind-the-net goal last night for your Carolina Hurricanes. Duke basketball plays an exhibition game tonight, and you can actually stream it. More on that later. The Blue Devils have a number four preseason ranking, and remember, they go head-to-head -head at Madison Square Garden against number three Kansas this coming Tuesday on day one of college basketball's regular season. More on what I expect to see from the Blue Devils. College basketball, NBA, NHL, college football, NFL, Senator Burr and the evolving NCAA model. World Series game six last night and game seven tonight. We're all tied up at three and the road teams just keep winning. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Greg McElroy on college football next hour. Tim Kirkjian from ESPN on all things baseball. Your phone calls are welcome now. 1-800-849-2761. More on my thoughts on the ridiculous, indefensible, outrageously tone-deaf idea of taxing scholarships for anybody who might be willing to take advantage of the free market. You know, the way Americans have been bragging about capitalism and free markets for centuries. 1-800-849-2761. That's your ticket into the David Glenn Show. I promise you, you don't want to miss what's next. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in, in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. I, but I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We will come up with a term 
to describe the sensational goal by Andrei Svechnikov from behind the net for the Carolina Hurricanes last night. We have some nominees on the line. We will come up with a song, preferably from one of the team owners of the Arena Football League that appears to be swirling down the drain. We'll get to the NFL, the World Series, college football, some NBA, some college basketball. One thing I promised as we asked, what song would you play as background music for the demise of the AFL? Again, the hint was Gene Simmons of Kiss, Vince Neil of Motley Crue, and John Bon Jovi were among the various luminaries. Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones for a while even owned an arena league team. Uh, those are the hints, so if you have a song from one of them, it may be even most appropriate. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. The one thing I promised. And at the front, let me just say this. The name image likeness issue is not really a partisan issue. So anybody preparing to hit the send button on something along those lines, I probably won't have time to read it, to be honest about it. Maria gets home from Prague today. Avery just had a doctor's appointment, and my dog needs to go to the vet. So I would typically ignore accusations of partisanship when they're ridiculous. In this case, I probably won't even have time to answer it at all. But just to underline the reality, as North Carolina Senator Richard Burr stepped into this yesterday in a way that I find outrageously tone deaf and insanely indefensible. A reminder, North Carolina Congressman Mark Walker, who represents the 6th District in the United States House of Representatives, is one of the original sponsors of the idea to give college athletes this ability to reach out to the free market and maybe most probably won't get these offers but at least allow under the ncaa model third-party money for college athletes without them jeopardizing their eligibility so mark walker same party remember as senator richard burr stop with the nonsense same party mark walker's one of the originators of this idea so clearly he is vehemently in favor of it richard burr is so angry at the idea of young people in a multi-billion dollar industry just having the opportunity again it's not schools paying these athletes directly it is allowing third parties like video game makers or business owners or somebody who wants to have an autograph session or whatever they can't play for pay and stay amateurs you don't have the basketball players playing in an exhibition game and still claiming to be amateurs if they got paid for that this is third party money most of it surrounding the name image likeness issue he's so upset by that and to frame this i want everybody to understand i happen to have a legal background and a tax background which is really bad news for north carolina senator richard burr in this particular instance he is a former wake forest football player of all people who should have just a little more insight to how the world has changed and what should be his priorities as somebody in a very powerful position. The idea that he, a former Wake Forest football player, who has watched the NCAA grow from a place where there was no extra money, why were Richard Burr and his Wake Forest football teammates in the mid-1970s not clamoring for either pay for play or this access to the free market that in our country capitalistic free markets usually rule why weren't they clamoring for it or saying that it had become an unfair system because there wasn't enough money in the mid-1970s 
Athletic directors weren't making big bucks. Famous coaches weren't making big bucks. There weren't lucrative TV deals for the NCAA to negotiate or anybody else. It wasn't an unfair system to even the 1% right now, the stars of football and men's basketball, who create a lot more financially for their universities than they get in return. If they were somehow trying to break the model entirely, universities must pay these guys in the revenue sports because it's become outrageous. I don't know, maybe somebody like Richard Burr, who like many of you, and me for that matter, reveres college sports. I love it. One of the reasons I'm glad I host this show in this state, rather than many others, is that we are a beautiful blend of college sports and professional sports. I like the difference therein. I like playing for Podunk State University. I like some of the ideals that sometimes colleges can stay closer to, whereas some of the pro leagues are a lot more about the money. But to be so delusional that you would be, think about this, you have the power to change the United States tax code. 99 times out of 100, something passes your window and you just let it go by. The idea that a young athlete would have access to third-party money in a new way in the history of the NCAA model would be the one out of a hundred or one out of a thousand that pushes you past that threshold so that he tweets yesterday, if college athletes are going to make money off their likenesses while in school, their scholarships should be treated like income. He, Richard Burr, says he's going to introduce legislation that subjects scholarships given to athletes who choose to cash in this way to income taxes. Now, keep in mind as a starting point, if an athlete under this new model that's still a couple years away in all likelihood takes third-party money, they have to pay taxes on it, just like you or I do on our incomes, right? He's saying that it's so outrageous that they're just getting access to this new money that he's going to take something that for generations has been non-taxable, the athletic scholarship, just like my academic scholarship was untaxable. He's so outraged that he's going to make the scholarship taxable only for those athletes who choose, in America, a capitalistic system, free markets rule, to benefit from their value on the free market, whatever that turns out to be. And again, we don't know if 90-plus percent of college athletes have no value on the free market. I don't see people lining up around the corner for swimmers and lacrosse players to pay them a lot of money to be spokespeople. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but we all know in all likelihood it's the stars in the revenue sports because they have higher profiles, mostly, some exceptions, who are going to get more of those offers and more of those high-dollar offers. Richard Burr, former Wake Forest football player, watched the evolution of NCAA sports where there wasn't any money to throw around to athletes or coaches or athletic directors to a point where it's a multi-billion dollar industry with a B. What did that powerful man do while a politician here in North Carolina over the last several decades? He didn't do squat. There wasn't an ounce in his heart, in his soul, or in his brain that, that propelled him to do anything with the tax code or anything else. Do you know who's tax exempt? The NC double freaking A is tax exempt. Wow, they've gone from kind of middling revenues to multi-billion dollar revenues. I wonder why they're still tax exempt. Did not lift a finger over decades when the 
powerful when the establishment, when the mostly white people who are coaches and athletic directors and NCAA administrators didn't say a word over decades when that model changed and the powerful establishment, mostly white people, went from making a little bit to a lot. And now, whoa, 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 2019. There may be a change to the model. Didn't mind those changes, did he, at all? Who benefited from those changes? Didn't hear a word about making the NCAA no longer tax-exempt because they were now a multi-billion-dollar industry, right? Not a peep, not a word. Now, the largely poor, largely black athlete in the revenue sports who just wants the possibility of chiming in on whatever his or her fair market value is, now all of a sudden, that's his line in the sand. That must be stopped. That scholarship will be taxable. How dare you mess with my college model? Are you kidding me? Do folks sleepwalk through this nonsense? Have we reached a point where nobody is willing to stand up for the powerless in ways that they can't stand up for themselves? Do you know what coaches have? Associations. You know what? Athletic directors have associations that protect their interests. Do the students have those unions? Do the student athletes have those unions? Do the student athletes get a fair trade at the negotiating table? The NCAA can negotiate with Turner Sports and CBS, a multi-billion dollar TV industry. And you know what reigns? The free market reigns. And they have the power of experience. They have the power of age. They have the power of money on their side. And that makes it a fair negotiation with the TV partners, right? They also have their knowledge, their wisdom, their expertise, their deep pockets. So now somebody that's not unionized, that largely doesn't have a voice at the table, that doesn't have the benefit of that age or that experience or maybe the full wisdom that you might have after being around for decades. Oh, those powerless people, relatively speaking, again, they're not even asking for a direct slice of the NCAA pie. They get room, board, tuition, cost of attendance, and other things. And it is better than it used to be. My question to Richard Burr is this. If you stayed entirely silent while the NCAA became the multi-billion dollar industry, no, not a peep. Oh, just let the free market reign. And now this motivates you to put out an angry, despicable, disgraceful, and borderline racist proposal because we know who would benefit most from the free market. Yes, the athletes in the highest profile, highest revenue sports. Well, duh. African Americans populate those particular sports in pretty high percentages. At what point do power and wealth and fame become so intoxicating that you not only bend over backward to protect those in the elite class with the tax code and otherwise, but you even develop a distaste for the little people trying to better themselves or trying to benefit from the open market? Can you circle a date on the calendar when you sell your soul that way? Can you circle the date? Maybe while opening a corporate check donation, while being served caviar by the all-black staff, while overlooking the landscapers who are mostly Latino, but while making decisions with largely powerful white establishment people. Do you sell your soul on a day, or is it like water dripping from a leaky faucet over several decades, and you're not really sure when the last drop of your soul went away? I want to know how that works. 
This is outrageous. Do you know that in our country last year, there were 60 companies that paid zero United States federal income taxes on the income they earned on their U.S. operations? You got an itchy trigger finger for the tax code? How about that, Senator Burr? 60 companies. Collectively, those 60 companies made $79 billion with a B in pre-tax income. And they paid zero. Those 60 corporations paid zero in their federal income taxes. If you have an itchy trigger finger on the tax code, how about addressing that? instead of a bunch of kids who have given a lot to their university and simply want access to the free market. And how about one more thing, since you're fiddling with the tax code? This is the one that put you over the edge as you're asleep at the switch on so many other things. Did y'all know that congressmen, by and large, get courtesy of us as taxpayers free flights all the time, free airport parking all the time, free gym memberships. Do you know why they're not, not taxable? That's a benefit that those congressmen are getting, but it's not taxable. You know why? Because the United States tax code says, oh, that's just a benefit that they deserve and we're not gonna tax it. You know, kind of like an athletic scholarship shouldn't be taxed for those who are in a system that is unfair to the 1%. You itchy trigger finger, Senator Burr, how about looking into the tax-related implications of your courtesy of the American taxpayers' untaxed benefits like flights and airport parking and gym memberships. You have cushy pension plans as a congressman at a time and day where most real working Americans long ago lost access to pension plans. You still have that. Are you all itchy? All right, look into that for us. Tell me why you get that benefit and most others in our country do not. You get health care subsidies as a congressman that we do not. You get free office space. I don't get that. Why do you get that benefit and you're not taxed on that extra benefit? For crying out loud, this is outrageous, folks. And if you looked at that tweet, this is, oh, I, how can we let the college athletes have access to what virtually everybody else in and outside of college sports already has access to? At what point do power and wealth and fame become so intoxicating that you serve all those others? I'll bet you those 60 companies really liked your tax plan that led to no federal income taxes for them, even though they made $79 billion in pre-tax income. You slept through the night like a baby on that. And yet you started tweeting a firestorm because a bunch of kids, probably small in number that can even benefit from the free market, decided to stand up for their less powerful outside the establishment and, yes, largely African-American in number selves. That's disgraceful. You should be embarrassed. You should withdraw that legislation or I and others will continue to pound you mercilessly. You're invited on this show to stand up for yourself, but I'm telling you this, the ground rules include, if you lie on my show the way many like you lie to the American people every day, I will cut you off in a heartbeat. I'm knowledgeable about this stuff. I'm well-trained in the law and the tax code. And if you lie, like many of you do, just to, just to get the fiery base charged up and angry while they're ignorant to the details of such things. We prefer leading people toward the truth rather than masquerading as a truth teller. 
We prefer informing people rather than rallying their anger inside because a bunch of college kids would like a slightly different system. And that's all they're asking for, a slightly different system in a world that has gone from mere pennies to a multi-billion dollar industry. Outrageous, tone deaf, I picture it coming from the ivory tower. Somebody who just doesn't talk to the powerless. Someone who has never put himself in the shoes of those who don't make financial or political donations to your campaign. The NRA has become a politically focused organization to such a degree that some want to challenge the NRA's tax-exempt status. Did you know that? They're tax-exempt too, the NRA. But Richard Burr took about $7 million worth of their money, so I imagine the sleeping like a baby, oh, the tax code doesn't bother me there. The NRA is an insanely politically charged organization, perhaps in violation of its tax-exempt status, but that's no big deal. A small fraction of college athletes stand up for themselves, and all of a sudden, Richard Burr wants to reinvent the tax code. It's a disgrace. We're back after this. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One quick follow-up, and then Jeremy and Jeff want to name the Andrei Svechnikov goal from behind the net last night. Others want to put a song title on the demise of the Arena Football League, which kind of died this morning, and whose former owners included Gene Simmons of Kiss, Vince Neil of Motley Crue, and John Bon Jovi himself. What song would you play in the background? given those former owners for the demise of the Arena League, which was born in 1987, might not be gone forever. But remember, Kurt Warner starred in that league on his way to the Hall of Fame. Other fun things as well. 1-800-849-2761. The PGA Tour. Sports, right? Senator Richard Burr wants to tweak the tax code. The PGA Tour has tax-exempt status. They sometimes claim that their annual revenues are $2 billion with a B, or at least closing in on that number. They brag that they give to charity. I think their recent number was almost $200 million in a given year. Now, the way it works for me, if I give to charity whatever percent of my income, it's just a tax deduction, right? I don't, I don't have tax-exempt status as an entity. The PGA Tour, despite almost $2 billion in revenue, is tax-exempt, while donating, if it's only less than $200 million, all due respect, I'm glad you donate almost $200 million annually. That's uh, no, in the 10% range. Um, that's not extravagant. It's not over the top. For the record, if you want to leave the mega-billion-dollar NRA, you want to leave its tax-exempt status alone, you want to leave the PGA Tours tax-exempt status alone. You want to live, leave Liberty University's tax-exempt status alone. Again, as a tax and law expert, I can tell you a lot of reasons why they should have lost their tax-exempt status a long time ago. You want to leave all that alone, that's fine. But to have the double standard where all of those anomalies get to stay, and the NCAA is still tax-exempt despite becoming a multi-billion-dollar industry, 
since Richard Burr played at Wake Forest in the 1970s. All that gets to stay the same. And all those corporations paid zero tax dollars in the U.S. federal tax code last year. All that gets to stay the same. But Richard Burr's got a burr in his saddle over possibly two years from now, college athletes may be getting access to a free market in a way that we're not even sure how many dollars come their way. Can you think of the nonsensical applications here? What if you got a $5,000 spokesman deal as an athlete, okay? According to Richard Burr's proposal, I haven't seen the details yet. I'm kind of hiding my eyes because the whole idea is that bad. You get the $5,000 spokesman fee, right? You lose the tax-exempt status of your athletic scholarship. Well, guess what? You just lost more in taxes over four years than you got with your $5,000 spokesman fee. You see how that works? Scholarships are tax-exempt. He wants to change that. How dare they try to enjoy the free market and get value for their name, uh, likeness, and image, whatever that market will bear. How dare the powerless stand up for themselves while we repeatedly defend the powerful and the establishment, many of whom are political donators, in a big, shocking surprise. Jeremy and Sanford, you're next on The David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, how's it going, man? It's going mostly well, Jeremy, but I'm a little pissed off today, to be honest. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I went in on the, the second call uh, name for the goal last night. Lay it on us. Which was, uh, what he did last night was he checked the goalie, so I'm going to go with Beck, you know, because I don't think the goalie knew he was in the net until the one went off. He's, fe <laughs> he's fetched the Calgary Flames goalie the way an NFL wide receiver would moss an NFL defensive back, Randy Moss style. That's what you're going for? Yep. I think you got. You might be on to something. Let me see what Jeff in Wilmington says there. For the record, somebody on Twitter tells me that the play, Svechnikov scoring with basically a magnet on his stick, where he's, his skates, remember, are still behind the net. And as he moves a little bit forward, he just tucks it under the crossbar behind the unsuspecting goalie, almost lacrosse style, but, you know, without the benefit of that little net at the end of a lacrosse stick. Fetched might work. Somebody told me that Michigan is the name of that. But, Darren, if you've never heard of that, Will's never heard of that, and I've never heard of that, it obviously didn't stick. Like, T-Bowing stuck. Uh, Sal Cal stuck in the tr figure skating world. World Being mossed stuck in the NFL. I think I remember the college play where the Michigan guy did it. But it has not stuck in a way, and it was at a lower level. So, fetched or perhaps some of our alternatives sound better to me. Jeff is in Wilmington. Go right ahead. Yeah, so my proposal is a little bit uh, off the name. It's Net, N-E-T, yep. Netchnikov. <laughs> the Netchnikov. Yeah, that sounds like a figure skating move, doesn't it? Yeah, we can apply that to National Hockey League brilliant scoring plays. The Netchnikov. All right, let's remember to credit Jeff and Wilmington for that one. It's a little easier to get the N sound out also than the S. The Netchnikov. Netchnikov is a little easier off the tongue than Svechnikov. The Kolmanich in gymnastics and the <laughs> Svechnikov in NHL scoring brilliance. 1-800-849-2761. Steve is an apex. Uh-oh. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. You, got a, you have a, a, a T-Boeing style fetch word for us? Dave, Dave, before I get started on anything, you are one bad dude. Cause you know what, I, I'm not. You know, scramble my mind so much on that little the last. Dave, I'm speechless. 
Well, you know, you know what I'm, what I'm, you're like a viper. You are like a viper. That they dare challenge sports. You are sports to the core. When I'm and gone and dead, Steve. Initial. When I'm gone and dead, you just say that I challenged people to think. And unlike the partisan con artists and pathological liars out there, I have no incentive ever to lead anybody astray. If somebody has facts that challenge my version, as I blast Richard Burr today and others in other contexts, when they dare to bring that nonsense into our sports world and they can't back it up in an actual debate, given the outrageous hypocrisy involved in what they leave in the U.S. tax code and now he wants to change it just to penalize young kids, you, I hope you understand. I do my homework, and I save my strongest opinions for things that I know the most about. I don't, I don't apologize for stubbing toes. I don't apologize for challenging authority. Frankly, I think we need, need more of that in our country than maybe in the history of our country. And I am happy to do it, and I frankly don't care even a little bit who's mad at me for it. We're back after this on The David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Tim Kirchner is one of the best in the baseball business. The ESPN MLB analyst drops by live in about 35 minutes, World Series Game 7 tonight. Greg McElroy won a national championship with Alabama as the starting quarterback. Now does great work for ESPN and the SEC Network. It is a big week in college football, near and afar. Greg McElroy joins us on the other side. Your phone calls later. Glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you and really? Also, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show.